Tov, today's staff is your test. We pick up at the bottom of your Kedem's staff, and we're talking about the different um, pushkas. That's not the right word, but anyway, Shofarot, the different uh, money boxes that they had in the Beit HaMikdash for different types of donations, um, and when people would donate different things, um, and they would give the money for it. So we talked about logs of wood and incense and gold. Um, and now there were six, so we went through the first seven, which were very specific. And now there were six, which were all lindava, which is also, we know, termed elsher teitamizbeach, which is a lot that would go for, um, to uh, be brought on the Mizbeach when it was not, uh, there was no other activity, so to keep things busy and active. Um, and also, one, you could give straight to this fund, but also money le- that was left over from a Chathas or an Asham would also go into this fund, and the Mishnah even had the Pasuk, and even said that the Kohanim, or who was it, one of the Kohanim, Yehoyadah Kohen was it, interpreted this Pasuk. Okay, Yehoyadah Kohen Gadol. So let's take a look at the Gemara. Shishalim Dava. It is about eight lines from the bottom, the little bet in parentheses. So, Rabam or Chizkiya Mark Kineget Shisha Batei Avot, corresponding to the six Batei uh, Avot, which was the fam- each Mishmar, the Kohanim were divided into 24 Mishmar rows, so each Mishmar functioned about twice a year, and then each Mishmar was subdivided into uh, family houses, and each family house op- operated one day a week, six family houses, one, of the, one day of that Mishmar's week, and everybody together on Shabbat. So corresponding to those shisha batei avot. Now you could just say sometimes again, this is always the issue of the word keneged. Does keneged mean corresponding to? Like, you know, a symbolic number. So here's a nice number corresponding. Um, or do we actually mean that it is, you know, it links to? Like when you, get, you bow down keneged, the 13 openings, the 13 gates, that meant literally physically opposite. So here too, as we are going to see, keneged does not just mean it was a nice number, but really the question is what? Was six times as much money? given for the Nidavah, for everything else. Why did you need six times as many so far? You know, this had six. Everything else had one. So the answer is that Kinegadir seems to me it was exactly corresponding to. Like one so far was Sunday and one so far was Monday and one was Tuesday. Like, you know, on, written on it or soon. So if you put your money in the Sunday shofar, that was used for Sunday korbanot. And it was in the Monday shofar used for Monday korbanot. Now why would you need to do that? Why can't you just have a generic one and you would draw on it as needed? So let's take a look at what the Gemara said. Uh, that is a very good question. Like if you want it to be there for people to give the money, you would want it like, you know, accessible. Was it in the Azara? Was it in the Azrat Nashim? You would also, even though it's shaped as a shofar, as you said, so you can't stick your hand in, you presumably want it under some form of supervision. Well, <laughs> so it, that is an excellent question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so Bar Pidaya Amar Kineget. So the first answer is Shishabat Yavot, and as we'll see, it's for the reason I said, so that each family knows which one is its shofar. Each, you know, each Beit Av. We'll see why. But first, we have another answer, which clearly just means. Uh, well, let's take a look. Bar Pidaya Amar Kineget Shishabat Six types of animals. Par ve'egel, a cow and a calf, the seir, a goat, ayel gedi, um, a seir ayal, a young, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, a, 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 a goat, an ayal, a ram, gedi, a uh, young, sh- a young goat, and ple and a sheep. So it's interesting there. Anyway, it broke up the different types of species. It could have said seir and gedi and ayal and ple. Anyway, six. Now, again, what does that mean? Does that mean that six is a nice number? Does it mean if you put it in the shore, then we took the money from the shore shofar to buy shore alot, and if you put it in the ayal, we brought ayal shofar alot. So it could here mean as well that it's not, 
that's just an, a nice symbolic number, but actually they would be designated for these different purposes. Did I just say it on there? It, or somehow it was assumed or it said it. Yeah, now, yeah. let's take a look. One minute. Now, the uh, Shmuel Amman, uh, Shmuel says, Kinir Shisha Korbanot. Six types of korbanot. What are the six types of korbanot? So you see, there's some question here. Kani zavim, the kani zavos, kani yolados. That's difficult to count those because some of those are obligatory. Mm-hmm. But that really only gets you four. So if you can imagine, there's some question here about um, about the gear. So look, a chatas and an ashram is also only obligatory. So, but some of the money, as you remember, for the nidava was proceeds of the chatas and the ashram, right? So chatos and ashamot could be money that was proceeds from that. Minachot and asirita. So again, it's not exactly clear what this is. Again, the korbanator says this was proceeds from left of over money for mincha and left over money for the asirita. And all the list, the kohen gadol would bring a korban every day, half in the morning, half in the afternoon. What? No. But just like the chatas and the ashram, any left over money would go towards that. Okay. So that is six potential different origins for the money. Now. That you certainly don't understand. Why would you have to designate out the different question of their origins? At least the question of what to use the money for. You don't know why it matters so much, but if you want to say, I want to use it for a cow, I want to use it for a sheep, or at least you know which day you draw the money from, that makes sense. Why you should have six different ones based on where they originated is a lot less clear. Okay? Now we have an explanation, at least for why you would need different days and why you can't just draw on it communally as needed. So let's take a look. Because there was a lot, they had a lot of shofarot, which seems to be a more mundane answer, which is just, look, there actually was a lot of money that went to it. Maybe a lot of extra money for chatas nashon. A lot of people wanted to give to this fund. So they just had it. It was nothing special. What? No, no, no. But l- extra money that was sanctified for chatas nashon would go to it, and that was in the mission. Even more than all the shalom they would get. What? So even more than all the shalom they would get throughout the year? Yeah, I know. Well, they would know, but they would regularly empty the shofar and put it into the uh, put it into the what do you call it to the um, to the lishka now again what is um, what is not being spelled out here I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I think uh, let me just check it I think in the Kormanaida I think I uh, just was saying yeah I'm sorry within the Kormanaida what's not being spelled out here is why you would need a different one for each day right why you couldn't just draw on communal funds so if you take a look at the Korban Ha'eda here, like about five lines before the lines get wide, on the right-hand margin, he says the following. In Erev Shisha Avot, HaKonim Shetiknu Lehem Chachamim Sheikomish Machaluk B'Shisha Batei Avot, Kenei Erev Shishak Mi HaShavua, Echav Yomau, etc. So he said like this, um, he said, "Kulam Shavim, Shalom Benihem, Shorot Shabayimot, Hanikos Min HaShofarot, Hayu Lekonim, Shemakdivim Holos, Lekos Man Shenem Yizbeach Batei, Lo Yu Lokhim Min HaShofarot. Basically, what happened is like this: If you had a communal fund of this, then I would basically, you know, if my day was Sunday and your day was Monday, and your day was a non-busy day, and you had, um, you didn't have to, and you'd use a lot of that money to bring these extra korbanos, and my day was a busy day, and I did use any of the money, I would say, hey, it's not fair. You got to draw on those funds, and your family got to benefit, right? Because every co- family that worked that day would get whatever 
they benefited from the korbanot. Would it be the meat? Would it be the skin? Whatever korbanot were brought that they would benefit from would be for that day. It would not be divided amongst the whole week. It would be for the family that worked that day. So what the korban ha'eda explains is is that you would want it that we wouldn't want to fight like oh you got to use more of those funds on your day than I did on my day. And hey my day was just as bustle on your day but we didn't draw as much as those funds and that's not fair. You got to bring it and you got etc. etc. So he says in order so that should be fight each family had its own day's box and you would just draw from your day and you couldn't complain about how the funds were distributed over the course of the week. I gotta tell you, I don't fully understand it because if you're not drawing on it, it's cause, the, it's cause your day is busy. And if your day is busy, when you bring an Ola, all you get is the skin. So actually what you get from those proceeds you actually benefit from is relatively minimal. The other things you could be busy with is a shlamim, is a chatas, right? So there you get a lot more than just the leather. But whatever it is, he says, we don't want there to be fights about how that was distributed over the week. So we give each one, each family a different day and let them figure out for their day how they're going to use those funds. Though? Like let's say it was a busy day. We didn't and it happened to me that nobody gave into the Sunday box. And right, and I, yeah, and I don't know. I also don't know if they tried to empty it out at the end of the week. Right. right? Let's say you had a big filled thing on Sunday. You, you didn't need to use it so much. And then the next Mishmar came in. Would they right. be yeah. able to draw on last week's Sunday's box? I, I, I have no idea. I okay? You have two conflicting traditions and images of the Kahuna. On the one hand, there's the Rezim, <laughs> the Makhidim, right. rely on them for time. Yes. On the other hand, they're running up the kevish and breaking yeah. each other's arms. <laughs> well, that's, I think, consistent. Throwing, throwing I think they're very passionate about everything that's related to this. Whether it's, uh, so I, think, I, I actually think it's related. They're not Sadiqim, okay? They're, they're very, not they're they're passionate, exactly. they're whatever. Okay, so, they're, so they're medoxic in everything they've got to do, but they're also very, you know, aggressive in those. I, I don't think it's, yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's, I, anyway, but what you have is different explanations. Some, the last one is the most prosaic. You just had the most money for this. Well, I don't know why, but you had the most money for this. Um, and other explanations really make it to be, um, um, you know, uh, somehow either distinguishing their origins or distinguishing the uses that they would go to from different, different types of animals or different days of the week. All right, so now let's continue. Um, see, the puzzle says, three lines on the bottom. Um, about the whole, you know, bringing the, uh, the, the, the money that was given for the better etc. They did two types of donations because in Malachim it says here, if you read the Korban Eid, it quotes the Psukim, again, uh, right before the Mishnah Saliyahu, the Malachim see, right? So one says that they put it in Eitzel Hamizbeach. So here's partly an answer to your question. Miyamin, Eitzel Hamizbeach Miyamin is not so accessible to most people. The other says they put it in the Shar Beis Hashem Hachutza, which is outside of the door, which is much more accessible. So, so Rabbi Yonatan Omer, there were two different types of boxes. Okay, doesn't exactly explain why and what they were used for. Tani Debe Rabbi Shmuel, Nedava Achas. Okay, and that was the one that says they put it on the right of the Nisayah. So it sounds like a different location. So 
So they put it there. So, um, so take a look again. The Korban Eid explains top line. So Yehuda originally was put by the Mizbeach. And then the next verse it says, "By Yomer Hamelech, by Itnei B'Shabes Hashem Achutza." Avol Hamelech Amarshi Itnei B'Chutz Kedeshu Chukam Atzmeim Dain Atzmeim Beis V'Sheret Slitein. Okay, so he actually reads it. It's not just Tzmeim, but it's actually the king overrode what the Kohen Gadol did. Kohen Gadol wanted it in the Azara, which limited the access, and the king said, "No, put it on the outside of the gate." So even those that are Tzmeim, they could still be on Harabayis, but they can't be in the Azara. Everybody would have access to it. Um, not exactly clear what he wants to do by just ending by quoting that puzzle. Um, okay. Um, so, um, so, fine. So that is the end of that paragraph. Um, um, the uh, Corbinator says the reason he quoted the Pasuk we'll look at the Corbinator again he has the Gersa Al-Shem he says actually you were two Nidavot it wasn't one that was moved one says they would not use the money for buying Klishares okay so if you look at it it says two different locations where the boxes were put and it actually also says that one of it says it was not used for the Klisharate and the other says it was used for the Klisharate so clearly we are talking about two different donations two different boxes okay some used for one purpose some used for another purpose Okay, so that is the different places in which monies were put one of it being of course the shekel or two old shekel new shekel but then a lot of other issues about where monies were put and that leads us into this parak, which gets us into an interesting question of you don't know where the money came from so let's take a look what's that the last line of the so he's saying look the psukim in Mitzmelach and Bet I'll show that the money was not used for clay sharish. But the Psukim in Diva Yomim, again, the, whole, the rest of the argument isn't written out, but the way the Kormanate explains it, the Psukim in Diva Yomim say it was used for clay sharish. So you see, we're not talking about one box that was put one place by the coin and moved by the king. We're talking about two separate boxes which went for two separate purposes. The box in Malachim, the end of it says it was not used for clay sharish. Right, it was used for Vedicabais and other purposes, and the box that was referred to in Divel Yomim, it says explicitly was used for Klay Shares. Okay, now, next parak, Mishnah. So, if you found some coins that were between the um, Shofarot for Shkalim and the Shofarot for Nidava. Now, of course, as we're going to see in the Gemara, it's a little hard. I've got to inaugurate a new word. Okay? But anyway, right? It said that you had your Shofar wrote. Okay? Thank you. Paklin Chalikin. Okay? And then you, you, know, you had your Paklin Atikin or whatever. And then the next one was... Anybody remember what the next one was? Was it... Uh, was it Gizre Tzim? No, Kinim. Kinim. Right? And then it was Gozle Ola. Gozle Ola. And then what did you have? You had... You had, I think, uh, eight sim, Lavona, one, two, three, four, five, six, and one more. No, two more, uh, one more, and then you had six of Nidava. Which one am I forgetting? Eight sim, Lavona, oh, Zaha. Okay, so it says you found a coin, and that coin was between the chauffeur of Shekel and Nidava problem. Those are the ones that are furthest from one another. Mm-hmm. You could say you found a coin between old and new Shekel, between Shekel and Kinim, between Kinim and Gizeh Allah. What do you mean between Shekel and Nidavah? The Gemara will discuss how yeah, that happened. No, you figured it out. So the Gemara is going to say that they were aligned in a circle. 
right? And if they were lying in a circle like that, so the last six of Nidava would be here and Shekel would be here. And you found a coin over here. And those were the various boxes. Okay? But that's what the Gemara is going to say. Very good. You figured it out. Okay. Look at that board. Amazing. <laughs> so you found money between the Shekel box and the Nidava box. If it's closer to the shekel box, you put it in the shekel box. This is a principle amongst the various principles we have of how to determine space codes. We all know of rove and chazaka, but there's an interesting principle that we don't know about so much called karo, which is a very logical one, which is if there's a question where something came from, we can assume that it came from the closest place. If there's a question about ownership and we have my pigeon, we have a pigeon between our two pigeon coops and we're debating whose it is, okay, or this is a ritual issue, how is it sanctified, and which, sort of, which hectic purpose you apply it to so you go by Karov and the Gemara they learn it out probably they learn it out from the whole year by by the Halal right the city that is closest to this dead body whatever is assumed to be the one that is responsible for it that's my favorite Sugiyah in Shad because Rabbi Yirmiyah says what if the pigeon has one one right and they said Aldaho Siyur the Rabbi Yirmiyah based on Medrash Rabbi Yirmiyah was a Nudnik okay anyway so okay okay so if it's exactly halfway, see that's what Yirmiya's case, exactly halfway between, something like that. So if you have a doubt, you put it in the Nidava. So the Gemara is going to ask by all of this, and it's just going to tell you what you do if you don't know, but the question is why? Why is that the better choice of the two? Okay, this by the way, it also, right, it also raises, you know, uh, Charlie's question which he asked before, which I still need to give you an answer about, which is why you can't just solve some of these issues by Pidion say, okay, you know, make it snide. If that coin is nidava, then the value is transferred to this coin. If it's not, then this amaktish, this coin is nidava. And if the coin is shekel, then the value is transferred to this coin. And if not, amaktish, this coin is shekel. Then you know this one is shekel and this one is nidava. So that's a very good question, why you can't solve it all by doing a conditional pidyon and have, and know at the end result you'll have one of each. Okay, but that's not what the Mishnah says. Okay, um, if it's between the, wood, the box for the wood and the one for the frankincense, if it's closer to one, you put it in that one. You put it in the Levona. Well, again, not clear why. Gemara will discuss. Then Kinin goes Leola, between the Kinin, which we said, according to Rebbe Meir, argued on Rebbe Yehuda, that was for Chathas Olak pairs, as opposed to goes Leola, which were birds that were just Olot. Karav Lekinim Yiplulakinim. Karav Lagozleola Yiplulagozleola. Mechsel Mechsef. It's half and half. I mean, right in the middle. Yiplulagozleola. You go to Ola, which is again interesting. Why? The last case is the easiest. It actually moves away from these boxes. Beinchulim Lemeiser Sheni. In your home, you found money between the box, the the the, the chest in which you keep your normal funds, and the one in which you keep your Meister Sheni money. Okay, we're no longer in the base from Mikdash. Meister Shani money is money that has to be brought to Yerushalayim. It was used to redeem fruit, and you'd buy food and you'd eat it in Yerushalayim. So karim luchulin. If it's closer to the chulin, you know, box, you put it in that, or whatever, you know, uh, wallet, you put it in that. Meister Shani. If it's if it's closer to the Meister Shani, like uh, you know, money pouch, you blew the Meister Shani. If it's smack in the middle, you pull the Meister Shani. Now that's an obvious one. That's a no-brainer. The suffix, you're machmir. If there is one that is closer, we will go by it, even if it means being more lenient, assuming this is chulin funds. 
Mechsa lemechsa, if there's not one that's closer, lachmiyo, you always are, you play it safe and you take the <coughs> So again, the point is, is that here you understand there's an easy, easy sense of how to play it safe. In the earlier cases, it's not so easy, and we'll see in the Gemara that it'll try to explain some of those earlier decisions. Yes, yeah, Michael. Other considerations come into play, like let's say it's um, like a master change time. You know, most of my dealings now. Yes, and that'll be the next Mishnah. Okay, so good question. Okay. Rohutsucha, so the Gemara says, basically says again the, uh, you know it should have said or you know it wasn't needed to say but it doesn't need it sort of like saying, saying the opposite shouldn't it have said the, that you found money between Shkolim and Kenim right because the Kenim were right next right to the Shkolim that's where it should have said maybe you know although they knew it doesn't make such a difference although there it does make a difference too but why didn't they how did it talk about the Shkolim and the Nidava which were all the way at the end of the line so Rabbi Yavov B'Shem Rapinchas Kmin Buchliar Hayu Osim. It was made like a circle. There's a question exactly what Buchliar means. Is some type of a vessel that's circular? But clearly the answer is it was made like a circle. Now of course it doesn't exactly answer the question because it explains how you have the scenario of between Shkalim and and uh, Nidavah. It does not explain why you didn't describe the other scenario as well. Like both scenarios are possible, right? So it, it allows for that scenario, but it doesn't explain why it didn't give you the other scenario, and the, and it's not going to answer that. Now we're going to talk about the rest of the Mishnah, about why, what, meaning even if it's a circle, right, if it's a circle, you can have the Shekel between Shekel and the Davah, that's a possible scenario, so it's acceptable that the Mishnah discussed it, but it still didn't discuss this scenario, right? It discussed this scenario, Kinyamin goes Leola, it discussed, what did it discuss after Kinyamin goes Leola? Um, that was it, right? Well, no, Levona and Asim. So it discussed Levon and Asim, but there's a lot of things it didn't discuss. It didn't discuss Shekel and Kinim. It didn't discuss Gozle, Ola, and Asim. And it didn't discuss Levon and Zahav. And it didn't discuss Zahav and Adava. Right? It discussed, like, you know, two or three out of about seven or eight possible scenarios. All right. So anyway, but at least it allows for that case. Now, half and half it goes to Nidava. So why is it? So, the, so again, we'll read the parentheses. It makes the question clearer. Why do, I don't get it. Why do we say that if the doubt it goes to the shekel? Why does it go to the nidava? Why is the nidava a better sort of way of playing it safe between nidava and shkalim? So, easter by name, some want to say shema because if he goes to the shkalim, what could wind up happening to the money? If you put it in the shkalim, where's the shkalim funds going to be used? So you'll say, oh, it's used for korban tzibur. That's, you know, if it goes to, if it was meant as nidava funds, like the way of thinking about what would be the worst case scenario, right? So if it was meant as nidava funds and you used it as shkalim, you should say, oh, that's a pretty good choice because that'll be used as a korban tzibur. That's certainly maybe just as good or better than being used as a nidava. Maybe that's included in the idea of nidava. But no, because what if the money gets left over? And if the money gets left over, right, remember, it's only some of the money was used for come down. What do you do with Shari Elishka? You build, use it to build up the walls of Yerushalayim. So if that was the, if it, that maybe is implicit in the shekel donations, that the leftover funds can be used for the, those more very general purposes. But if I gave money for, for an Adava, for a Korban Ola, there's no way that money can now be used to uh, build up the walls of Yerushalayim. So we can't ha- allow for the fact that this might be Nidava money, we're going to put it in the Truma money, and then it'll be leftover Truma money, and it'll go for these very non-hectish uses, which might be, again, stipulated for the Shekel, but it would not be, al- for, for, for the Shekel, but it would not be acceptable for this. Okay, so that's one reason. Shema Yipu Shara 
is to buy Neymar, and some want to say, Mechsel Mechsel Kenisha Mace, 50 50 is like you're dead. Um, I'm sure you could use that in some metaphoric way. It's being undecided. Anyway, but no, what it means is, is what happens is, and the Gemara's going to say, somebody, okay, if you, somebody gave a shekel and then they died. Okay, people died throughout the year and their shekel were already donated. That's the idea that it becomes money of the tzibur. But let's say somebody didn't give it yet. Reuben set aside his shekel to give. Machzit's a shekel. He said, this is going to be, the Reuben said, this is going to be my shekel. And then Reuben dropped that before the money even made it to the base of Mikdash. What would you do with that? Can you give that as a shekel donation, you know, into the hands of the base of Mikdash, although it's already been sanctified, after the person is dead or not? And we are going to see that according to one opinion, what you do with that is like what you do with a lot of funds when they can't be used, which is what? Like what do you do with a chathos when the owner dies? Right? Or the, well, chathos, the animal is actually sanctified, but if there's leftover money or an usher, the owner dies, it goes lindava. It goes exactly to this funds are being used for these olots. So what he's arguing is is that a shekel as well if the owner died and can't be used would get transferred to this fund. So this money that you don't know, is it a shekel or an edavah, is essentially like, a she- if it were a shekel it's like a shekel that the owner died. It's a shekel that can't be used as a shekel. Because you don't know that it's a shekel. So therefore you know he said he's separated from the master of the shekel. No, 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 no. It, there's two scenarios. One is he separated and he died. That gets transferred into Ola funds, the Nadava funds. The other is, you don't know. Is it a Shekel? Is it a Nadava? So he says, it's analogous to se- separating and dying. It's, it's like a Shekel that can't be used. It can't be used because we don't know if it's a Shekel. So the basic ruling is, he says, a Shekel that can't be used gets converted to Nadava funds like we see by Chathas, like we see by Asham. And that's why it goes Lindava. Okay, wait, let me just read it. Easter by Neymar, Mechsel, Nasa, Kenisha, Meis. I'm Rabbi Yossi, Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, Ada Anataman, while I was there in Bava, we've had this phrase before, Shami's called Rabbi Yehuda Shalom Shmuel, we had the same idea, I heard the voice of Rabbi Yehuda asking Shmuel, Charlie, when we had it before, you tried to say that maybe the Amora was sublime, but this stuff is because of, but that's not true here with Rabbi Yossi. Yeah. So, anyway, it was a good, it was a good thought. It seems like to be a few Shalmi idiom. Anyway, I heard the voice of it, but before also, if I remember he serves, it was also, I heard the, it was the same, it was the same, uh, source, Rabbi Yehuda asking Shmuel. So it's interesting, this phrase, I heard the voice of Rabbi Yehuda asking Shmuel, somebody set aside their shekel and then died. Amalei, so what do you do? He says, it goes to the Nidava funds. So that's his answer. His answer is, you know why? Because if it were, it's a shekel that maybe, that, that can't for some reason be used, the halakha that gets converted to Nidava, that's just, Nidava seems to be this catch-all of what you do with certain funds that can't be used in their original purpose. And that's why here it would go Nidava. So that's his answer. The other answer again is, is that, you can't have the Nadava go to Shekel because it might be used for a, a desanctified purpose where if it's the reverse, it was given as a Shekel and now it's used for Nadava, that's still being used for a Korban purpose so that's still seen as a better, you know, a, a safer bet for that than the other way. What's not explained is, it's nice that it's a safer bet, but at the end of the day, was it a legitimate use of the shekel? Can money sanctified for shekel be used for nidava, you know, you know, or not? But anyway, at least there you're more in the parsha than the possibility that it would actually be put to chulin use, which could happen if you went in the opposite direction. And the other answer is a very simple, that's just the halacha, it gets converted into that type of a fund if you can't use it. Yeah, yes. Not for his shekel, he dies. He has one son. So that son can't use it for his own shekel? I mean, he inherits the guy anyway. No, I mean, the son has to, everybody's person has to give their own shekel. You mean he inherits it, but it's, it's already hectic. 
so it's not, you know... So, it's he, a, so he doesn't inherit. Yeah. I mean, it's like if somebody's Makdish and Ola, his son will bring it, but he's bringing it not as the as son's Ola, he's bringing it for the father. He can't get to use it for his own Ola. It's already been given its identity. Okay. Um, now... Um, now, for some reason, this gets seems to be just tagged on, but this was part of presumably what Reb Yehuda asked Shmuel about what do you do with certain things that can't be used for their original purposes. So let's say the coin Gogol separates his Asiri Haifa, which is the mincha the coin Gogol would bring his personal mincha every day, and then he died. What do you do with that? With that, or what do you do with the money that he sanctified for it? That doesn't get to be converted into Nidava funds. That gets, you have to just throw it out into the Yama Melch. You have to dispose of it. You can't convert it into anything. Yeah, whatever. And this came up before. I don't want to get into this now. This is just really like a, just a tangent of the previous point. Here again, we have the idea, no, a Nidava can be a castle. So without getting into what the issues are by the by, by, by the Heifa, again, you see this idea that the Nidava can serve as a type of a catch-all category for certain things that cannot be used for their original purposes. And that's why it's easier, if there's a doubt, to put the money into the Nidava box. Okay. Now the Gemara moves on to the second case. So the coin says this is an anonymous Nidava. We don't know from... No, 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 no. The coin goggle separates out his... The coin goggle separates out his Asirit Haifa, and then he drops dead. Or separates out money for his Asirit Haifa that he has to give every day. Every day the coin goggle has to bring an Asirit Haifa. And then he drops dead. What do you do with that money? It's his personal korban, and it's sanctified, and he's no, no longer around to bring it. So can that convert into an adava or not? Okay. Right. So if it, when it converts into an adava, yeah, the going gadol is no longer alive. Right. So somebody's going to offer that. It yeah, but no, 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 no. Nidava means the, the six nidava boxes. It means generically free. It's not personal nidava. Uh, it's money so that's given over to the communal fund uh, of bringing so these. Not into no, 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 no. The whole point of that phrase nidava, like, is the same as the phrase case on which means it is not your personal korban anymore. It means that it's now the communal funds that are right. used to bring these korban up. Okay, so we did the shekel and the nidava. Okay, now we're going again. It doesn't have all the scenarios. Now we're going to between the Kinim and the Gozlei Olah. And it says you go to the Gozlei Olah. Now the problem is two questions. Number one, if it was a Chathas fund, how can you use Chathas fund for, for Gozlei Olah? By the, it's a little similar to the fact that Chathas money left over can be used for Nidava, right? But that's by non-birds. But anyway, here you have something similar. If it was money that was partly Chathas, it's being used for an Olah, so there's something comparable there. But the other question that's going to be asked, besides if it was Kinim, how do you use it for this, is... The poor woman that put her money in here and is expecting her korban to be brought, right? Now that money is going to be put into this box, there's, not, there's going to be a korban that isn't going to be brought for that person, right? So one, somebody is not getting their korban brought for them and is not becoming tahor. So how do you deal with that? That's a really big problem. Right. So let's take a look at what the Gemara says. So... Um, okay, the kasha, the yesh chatas kreva ola. So first, it asks the first question: If it was chatas money, how can you stam use it as an ola? Again, there's a principle like most of chatas comes in ola, but this is straight chatas money, and it's also by birds, which tends to have different rules. So now here's your catch-all answer: Tonight, based in who alamosaros chikruva olos, based in stipulates that any leftover funds. For uh, you know, for chatos to become as an ola, you know that's true about an, about about like cows and sheep or whatever. Leftover funds for chatos becomes goes into the nidava box. And similarly here, like we sort of said by the half of the shekel, uh, we're just going to stipulate that any leftover funds, any doubtful funds that are going for chatos, in the end get converted into ola. So we just make the rules. 
Okay, and we sort of stipulate everybody who sanctifies at the end of the day plays by our rules, sort of like Kola Makadesh, a Daisy Drobana Makadesh. Okay, so Koha Makdish, a Daisy Drobana Makdish. You said that was Okay, good line. I stole from you. Okay, so you're playing by our rules. Okay, so now the Gemara has a question. Fine, that allows it to be converted to an Ola. But what about the poor woman who needs her Chathos brought? So let's take a look. Um, the, uh, so it says, like, um, where is this yeah. woman to get her, how her, get her Corbin brought for her? It's, you know, it's one thing you made an Indova and it's a free will and it didn't get brought because the money got misplaced. But it's another thing if you, without your Corbin, you're not finished your purification process. So I'm Rabbi Yitzhak, Tznai Now what does Tznai Beistin do? His, his Corbin wasn't brought. So here's the Tznai Beistin. And this is better because this is more Dine Mominus rule. Hamisapek et hakinim, the supplier of the birds, okay, who misapek et hapsulot, and the end of the line is hupsulot et avudot. He has to supply birds even for animals that get lost and that are invalid, which means what? Um, you come over to me, and again, exactly how it works, you know, let's say Basin takes their funds and they've got their chauffeur filled with the money for the, uh, for the uh, bird olot, okay, also by the chathos we'll get to, and they have $100 and the birds are going a dollar each and they give it to Michael there, who's the supplier, and he has to give us 100 birds to bring these nidavot for all of our kine, kine, you know, uh, kine goes olot that we have here, um, goes lay ola that we have here. Then we start bringing the birds and we realize, oh, look, this one is missing a limb. And then one minute, I thought we had 100. We only have 98. So we go back to Michael. We say, you know what, Michael? We know you gave us 100, but three of them were puzzle and four got lost. And Michael has to give us seven now back. So he has to make it up. If you're going to be the supplier for the base of Mikdash, as we've seen before, <laughs> what you exchange for very high volume and regular business is unfavorable, tra- you know, sort of uh, trading conditions. So, what? Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> so, so, Michael has to make up any lost or puzzle birds, even if he supplied us the initial amount. Now, once that's true, what we can include in that condition is, if we have this box, and we have a, do- a coin here. We don't know which box it goes to. We get to say to Michael, Mikey, you know, we only have ninety-eight dollars in our in our uh, which is this in our cleaning box. But it, m- it might have been ninety-nine. We don't know about one coin. And Michael has to give us ninety-nine birds. Okay. So since we're going to get the extra bird anyway, we will bring. So the money gets put into here. Okay. And that money then goes to the, the supplier to buy that number of olos. But here, we don't have that coin, but he has to supply us this number plus one because that coin might have been in that box. Okay, so the woman is protected. The Corbin is brought. It's only Michael who's out his money. Well, if I supply both, and, uh, then I don't have to give another one. Yes, I'm you do. That's the condition. Even I... Yep, that's the condition. Okay, we get to make the rules. Okay. Where is this woman first mentioned? Uh, no, it's assumed that before when we mentioned Kane Zavim, you know, Kinim, Kinim, the standard Kinim is a woman who gives childbirth. Okay, it's a regular occurrence, so and that's like the standard that's assumption. Standard a assumption. Bird, right, one bird for Chatos, one for an Ola. Alright? So, okay. And there's no issue about like orders, like, you know, which one you market first and timing and, you know, No, it's all, yeah, that's all Masechus Kinim. Okay, okay. Lo, so the mention is like this. Okay, lo tzorcha de lo bing tars la eitzim le lezona le zahav le kaporet. Mar says, what about all the cases you didn't mention? About money being found between the tars and the eitzim, or between the levona and the zahav la kaporet. All the other types of scenarios also wasn't mentioned. Okay, well, um, so the Mar says, v'tanise besofa, that doesn't matter, it's included in the last statement. Zechwal hochinach ha'akarov, mechzel mechzel l'hachmir. Eh, just do everything l'hachmir. But the question is, what's l'hachmir? And it's all hexish. How do we know what l'hachmir is? None of that is explained. What also is in explained is 
um, the case about if it's between the Lavona and the Eitzim, right? What does it say it goes to? It goes to the Lavona, right? What, is that right? Right. So why is that? We still don't know. Right? He sort of explained this goes to Nidava because Shekel gets converted to Nidava. You know, this goes to the Ola because also here, questionable Chatafans get converted to Ola. But we didn't but we didn't discuss Aitin and Lavona why it goes to Lavona and if it was some of these, which is the which is the Machmir one? We don't know. So the Rambam says, interestingly, that actually the reason not like the Gemara says, the Gra tries to explain how the Rambam reads the Gemara, but the reason Shekel goes to Nidava and the reason Kinin goes to Ola is because that's Lahachmir. Why is that Lahachmir? Because when you bring in Ola, that's considered being a more Machmir use. It all gets used by the Mizbeach. So if you have it in Shekel, although most Korbanos Tibor are Ola, some are Chatas. So it's more Machmir to put it to Nidava where it's all Ola. If you have it between Kinim and Gothe Ola, this is a Chathas, half a Chathas. All of this is Ola. That's more Machmir, and Ola is fully burnt up. So presumably, Aitim and Lavona, remember, I told you that Palaka is, if you just say I'm bringing a Korban, we assume it means Lavona, because Lavona is fully burnt up. Now, why that's more? Aitim are also fully burnt up, but maybe Lavona is a bit so more of a Korban than Aitim, which are also like the fuel. Okay? Um, what it would be between this, Lavona and the, and the gold, or the gold and the Nadava, that I don't know. Well, Lavona is actually a Korban, then you'd say you should go to Lavona. Presumably, right? then you would go, <coughs> if a Korban would be better than just something used in the big, I mean, right. right. And then Zahav and Nadava, Again, Ola would get a preference. So that's the basic idea that Ola and Torres always get the preference. But it's very funny that the Gemara does not explain to explain what the Lahachmir. Oh, we don't have to say it. It's just Lahachmir. Does yeah. Rambam go these cases? Um, does he enumerate them individually? I'd have to check. I don't remember. Um, I could check. Okay. So let's take a look now at the next Mishnah. Um, so this is a Mishnah that's, every, that's known to even to learners of the Bavli because it's quoted a lot in the Bavli. Okay, money that is found before people that sell animals in Yerushalayim. Okay, you assume no matter what the time of the year is that it's Meister funds because um, every, presumably you'd bring up a lot of your money for your Meister Shady money. You could bring up your Meister Shady at any time during the year. There was only one time of the year you could bring it up. And you'd have so much money. I mean, imagine, you know, that you have, you know, thousands of acres and you could have like $10,000 a tenth of your produce that year could be $10,000 worth you bring it up to your Shalayim how long are you going to spend in your Shalayim to eat $10,000 worth of food so you have all this leftover money so you distribute it you distribute it to friends relatives maybe you give it to the Aniyam there's a lot of nice Shani money running through your Shalayim throughout the year and the assumption is now of course Meister Shani could use any food for it you can do anything but the assumption is that people want to bring the Meister Shani money because the buzzer says and a classic type of achilo lifnei Hashem is shlamim. That's lifnei Hashem, and there's the achila lifnei Hashem. That's why the Gemara says that the simcha of yontiv is achila shlamim, because it has the idea of eating in the presence of God. So the Gemara assumes, or the Mishnah assumes, that meiser sheni money would often be used, most often be used, to buy animals to bring us shlamim. So therefore, again, it's a fascinating assumption. There's so much Meister Shani money, and it's regularly used to buy animals, that any money found in the shook of the butchers to be assumed to be Meister Shani money. That's where all the Meister Shani money wound up. Okay. It says it doesn't matter the time of the year. Oh, you mean, for Pesach it might be specifically something else. Maybe. But generally, regardless of the time of the year, it's Meister Shani. Okay. Ubahar Habayi is Kulin. But if the money is found on the Temple Mount, 
that's cooling because you're not buying your animals um, on the Temple Mount. Now, of course, the question is, what are you doing with money on the Temple Mount? You're not supposed to go up on the Temple Mount with your money pouch. We'll discuss that. Now, in the rest of Yerushalayim, during the normal time of the year, it's chulin. You know, it's just money on the ground. But during the time of the regel, then you have to assume that it's meiser fun because then, again, everybody is bringing, you know, everybody's coming up the regel and everybody has their meiser money to use. Now, why, if that's true, if during the time of the regel, you have throughout Yerushalayim, not just in front of the butchers, throughout Yerushalayim, it's, it's, you know, everybody has meister money on them. Why don't you assume that's true about Harabais as well during the regal, that it's all meister money? Right? You understand the scenario? Throughout the year, by the butchers, it's always going to be meister money. And the rest of Yerushalayim, it'll be stopped. But at the regal, everybody has meister money, and that's what it is. So say the same on Harabais. So the story's like this. On, in Yerushalayim, they, they had the same problem we have in New York, which is they had street cleaning every single day. Okay? They didn't have to worry about alternate side of the street yeah. parking. But what it did was it said that you could assume that any funds, anything that was found was recent. So therefore, if you, in Yerushalayim, if you find money, you can assume it fell from somebody's pocket recently because otherwise it would have been swept up the, other, you know, the, other, the day before. So therefore, if it's recent and it's the time of the regel, you can assume it's Meister money. Whereas if it's, if it's on Harabayas, it might be the time of the regel, but this money might have been here for weeks, for months. They didn't sweep Harabayas regularly. Now, uh, that's a little bizarre. They swept Yerushalayim and not Harabayas. But Harabayas had two things going for it. Number one is, people could not walk up to the Harabayas with dust on their feet. So would it need sweeping? And number two is it was on a slope and it was windier and so on. So because Harbais was not swept regularly, you went by the regular year regardless of the time because the money could just as well or more likely be old than new. But in Yerushalayim, you assumed that it was newly dropped and it would depend on what time of year in terms of what its identity was. Yes, Charlie. Uh, Meister Shani is given the first, second, fourth, and fifth year of the Shemitah. Correct. So the other years... Would it still be the same? Uh, Presumably, yes, because, as I said, you had tons of this money... And you uh, had, a, and you, you know, your opportunity to use it would be when you took your visit to Shalayim, mm-hmm. and you presumably, you know, it's like when you come back from Israel and you have a hundred shekel left over, and you stick, what I do, I stick it in my drawer with my passport. Mm-hmm. So the next time I go, I'll have the hundred shekel. So that's what you did. You had all this meister shani money every time you went to Shalayim. You took some of it with you, you know, so you could pay for your food that time. Yeah. Shata regal. Why wouldn't you assume shata regal is chagiga? Well, that's sort of like my, Michael's question. It could be, but more, most of the money was using up all their Meister Shaney money. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating to realize that. Everybody has to bring the Korban Ola. Everybody has to bring a Chagiga. But, okay, that's one Korban. But there's apparently tons of money coming into Yerushalayim. That's the assumption. I know, it's a fascinating it assumption. Really, no, totally yeah. Okay, so let's take a look. Now, that's in terms of money. Now, Buster Shanim Azara. Now, let's say you find meat. It's meat in the temple courtyard. In the temple courtyard, the only meat there was for the meat that the Kohani made, which was the Chathas and the Asha. So, Evarim, but there could also be Olas, which would be burnt on the Mizbeah. So, if it's a limb, if it's quartered into limbs, that's Olot. Then you burn it on the Mizbeah, because that's, that's how it would look like an Ola. You would dismember it. Chatichot, if it's like a steak, like a slice of meat, then chataot, you assume it's a chata. So why can't it be the shlomim that like was cut? Because that would be it wouldn't be in the azara. The uh, yeah, the violin would take it out because it's a korban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, presumably it's immediately taken out. So as the the only meat that stays around is from the chata and the ola. Who be Yerushalayim and now, but it's in Yerushalayim. Zifchei shlomim, you assume it's shlomim meat because that's what you would do. Now, interestingly, 
you more assume that it's shlummy meat in your shalayim than you assume it's if everybody's buying behemoths with their Meister Shani money okay but remember if you're buying behemoths with your Meister Shani money it's in order to bring it as a shlummim so in a way it, it, it reinforces what we said before the money in front of the butchers is all Meister Shani money because everybody's using that money to buy meat to bring shlummim and therefore the meat that you find is also assumed to be shlummim and not to be stam chulin meat Okay, now, what do you do with it? Either way, though, you don't know that it was left today. It might have been left yesterday. It might be Nosar. So, regardless of whether you think it's a Shlomim and Olar Chatas, you have to wait a day to make sure it's definitely Nosar, because maybe it's not Nosar today. But so you wait a day, you wait till it's definitely Nosar, and then you burn it. Okay, so of course the question is, as the Rambam says when he brings this down, if you're going to burn it anyway, why do I care if it's an Ola Chathas or Shlomim? Right? You're going to burn it. So he says, well, you care because if you ever you ate it and you didn't burn it, we want to know what sin you did. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> or if you did a sin or not. Okay, anyway. Um, that's a place um, like there's um, it, it, there's a place in the base of Mikdash that you would actually burn Sulei Korbanot I in mean the um, in the uh, I, I'd have to remember exactly what it's location another, is it's another small altar like an altar no it's not an altar it's what a place it? like it's a place uh, you know a pit. A, a, a pit a room whatever yeah that they would burn it I have to get you the exact okay. location but it's basically it's on okay. temple grounds okay Nimsa Bigvulin, if it's found um, outside of the, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, if it's found right outside of Yerushalayim, Evarim, so if it's limbs, Nivelot, you assume it's a Nivela. Why? Because you don't bother chopping up a Nivela into steaks. Okay? Now, why would you dismember it? Because you've got to get rid of it. Like you throw it to the dogs, you sell it maybe to the non-kosher butcher, but you're not going to bother to chop it up into steaks. So if it's limbs, you assume it's a Nivela. And the Chatichot, if it's like chops of meat, Mutarot. Then it's kosher. Again, this is assuming that you find it like in a Jewish community. You know, you have to assume in general it's start. You know, you're, you know, it's starting within that context. So the only concern is maybe it was a pasul shchita, maybe it was a trefa. But if there's no reason to assume that, you can actually assume that it's kosher meat. At the time of the regal, this is not about korbanot of the regal, this is about because everybody is having a meat meal for yantiv, okay, then even if it's enlarged like a, 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 like a leg of lamb, you can assume that, you know, there's a lot of wholesaling and retailing going along, and you can assume that even if it's not chopped up into steaks, even a big, a big, a big uh, you know, limb is also ultimately kosher, and it's just because of the amount of meat that it's not all chopped it's up. Not it's not about korbanot. It's about yuntiv outside of Yerushalayim. Oh, yeah, People would eat meat. Outside Yerushalayim. Yeah, out, outside Yerushalayim. Okay. So now let's go to the case about the money. That on Harabais, you don't have to... It's chulin. So that the Gemara says like this. Lo tzorcha de lo baharabais. Kodesh. So the Gemara says one minute. If it's on Harabais, you know, what do we just learn is going on in Harabais with money? What's most of the money on Harabais? Oh, there's all this money which is hectic shekel kinim right all this there's tons of money going into the base of Mikdash area on Harabayas that is Kodesh so how is it that if I find money on Harabayas I can assume it's Chulik okay pretty good question forget my Shashani what about all this stuff so Gemara says um, similar to like some claims we made before yet as you know as soon as this money was taken out of the boxes it was immediately you know transferred to the objects they were going to use it for so so they did not have a lot of 
funds, like the hectic funds would be in the shofarot, right? But they did not have a lot of funds that were hectic that were once they were out of the shofarot, because as soon as they were taken out, they were transferred. Of course, the question is, what about before, what about it before they were put in? They were still hectic. So maybe it assumes that you didn't sanctify it, which would make sense. Until the minute you get there, you made a donation, I, person takes a nether, I'm going to give so much money, right? And then they come to the base of Mikdash and they give, and here's my shekel, right? They don't, it's stupid to sanctify things ahead of time, because then you can just lead to problems. Just wait till the last minute. Yeah. But it's still an interesting question because is it really, can you so assume that nobody is bringing hectic funds up to the base of Mikdash given all of this? Okay, so that's the question. The other question I should mention that gets asked is what are people doing with any money up on Harbaitis? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, so, so, no, because the Marseille well, Mar- says you don't bring your money belt up on Harbaitis. So Tosvos raises this in a few places and Tosvos' answer is you can't have your money belt but you can have, like, money. You just can't have it in a very sort of like business type of, you know, you know, the type of thing that more is like the type of things you would wear that really suggest commerce and business and so on. But to have actual, some money in your pocket, that would lose change or whatever, that would be okay. Another explanation could be that you're not bringing up the money, that the money is this money that got transferred to Kedushah. And now it's the Hulin money and that fell down. Like maybe the base of Mixas used this money and it brought the Corbanot. Again, we gave it to Michael, our pigeon supplier and now Michael has a hundred shekel that's been desanctified so he didn't bring the money up with him but he's got now this money on him to use okay but still I mean the money got there somehow so there is money that is being brought up on the Harabayas Okay, yes. Those, you have no, to just the way you read the Hebrew, it's really Lod Sorcha Zelaba Harabayat Ella Yeah, is, is it right, right, you know, is it different than Ella Kodesh? Well, or Lod it's sort of like the Mar said Lod Sorcha, which is like, didn't, yeah. like, shouldn't you be saying right. that the following? Yeah, but then what do you have that second negative for? Lod Sorcha, um, Zelaba Harabayat Ella Kodesh. I guess, right. Hard to read. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. Now, Buster Shinimson, now we skip to the meat, okay? Again, the money interest issue was very interesting about the assumptions about people that are selling the behema and all these issues about your Yerushalayim, that it was swept regularly and the new money. Skips over all of that and we go to the meat. So, Buster Shinimson, Rabbi Eliezer B'Shem Reb Hoshia, he see a das, ton ibur Now, why is it that when you find the meat and you don't know which korban it comes from or you do it, you assume that it's an ola or a shlamim or chatas, whatever you assume, why is it that you have to um, wait a day. Why can't you just, and make it become puzzle? Why can't you just use it? If it's an Ola, burn it on the Mizbeach. If it's a Chathos, let the Karni need it. So I told you the, the reason that's what I was going to say, which is the easy reason, because you don't know if it's from today or yesterday. It might already be puzzled. But what the Gemara is now saying is it's not because you don't know whether it's new or old. Let it be today. But because you stopped paying attention to it, Basar Kodesh, that you had Hesachadas, Okay, the, the Bible says it's Hesech Hadas. You sometimes it's Hesia. You remove your intention from. You stop paying attention to. That lack of attention itself invalidates it. So even if it's today's meat, today's, today's chathas, you can't eat it. Today's Ola, you can't bring it. Because since it was left un- unattended, that made it puzzle. Okay? That's implicit on our Mishnah. It says that you've got to burn it and wait till it becomes patsul and you burn it and you can't go ahead and eat it or offer it up today. Is that really proper? Is that really the correct read of the Mishnah? No. There's another reason why you have to make it wait and make it puzzle and burn it and you can't ex- assume that it's kosher. Not because it has to chadas. Because you can't eat it. 
Shemit Kalkel Tsurato. Again, the phrase Kilkul Tsura or Tuavar Tsura means that it's a day old and it's leaner. It's starting so, to change. It's right. It's like exactly. It's not fresh. It's not fresh. not fresh. So the point is, maybe it's a day old. It has nothing to do with Hesachadas. The reason you can't eat it or offer it is because it might be already possible. You don't burn it now because it might still be kosher, but you wait till it becomes possible and then you burn it. Okay. All right. Nimsa Migvulin. Now, meat outside of the base of Mikdash, we can assume it is, if it's in limbs, then it might be in a vela, but if it's chopped into, into slices, then it is considered to be kosher. So Rav Krispi Abishem Rav Yosef Rabbi Hanina Evarim Nevelot Lokin Alei Mishum Nevela It's not just we achoshesh that it's a Nevela We're certain that it's a Nevela if it's in limbs That's like a chazaka that only an animal like the, it would only be in this state if it was a Nevela otherwise it would be chopped up into slices and if somebody ate it they would get lashes It's a real chazaka So the Gemara says Masniz and Amarkin You know what? It's implicit in our Mishnah Evarim Nevelot V'chatichot Evarim Nevelot Chatichot Mutarot so that's the Mishnah, right? If it's a limbs, it's an Avela. If it's chopped up into slices, it's permissible. So the Mishnah says, Chachichot Matuah, when it says that the, that, the, that the chops of meat are permissible, lo mamish, it means fully permissible. It doesn't mean like theoretically permissible. It means you can eat it. It's really mm-hmm. permissible. So say by parallel, Avarim Nevelot, when we say the Avarim are Nevela, oh, we don't just mean it's a Chashash Nevela. We mean it's real Nevela. So yes, this is a complete assumption. It's not just a Chumrah. And therefore, with the real consequences. Okay. Now, we have some exceptions to this. If they were strings of meat, okay, Mutarot, meaning even if they were limbs, if they were all strung together on some type of a cord, right, then clearly it's coming from the butcher house, it's not the way you would treat it, then it would be permissible, presumably. Okay, now we get into famous Bavli discussion about the nine shops. Teisha Chanuyot, you have nine butcher shops, Mochot Pasar Nevelan, they all sell trace The Achas Mocheres Pasar Shkutan, one sells kosher meat. Nishafalo, so if you don't know where you bought it from, Chosheish, you then you have to be concerned, you got it from the trade one, especially in this case, nine are trace. But if you just find it on the ground um, and you don't know where it came from, you go by the majority. Now, in both ways, you're both us. But the difference is, if, you, if it's on the ground, you go by rove. This is the halacha, that if it's kavua, you're trying to figure out which store, and the stores have fixed locations, it's kamechsa mechsa. So ironically, even though nine stores are traced, if you don't remember which store you bought it from, it's only a suffix in the table. It's considered a 50-50 doubt. But if it's on the ground, then you go by rove, and then it's treated as a vaday nevela. Okay, so in one case, you would, you would be usher, but you wouldn't get lashes. In the other case, you'd get lashes. Um, now, in, in the flip, this is a more obvious difference. If you don't remember which store you bought it, that's the principle of kavua, fixed stores, you don't remember which one you went to. You have to be concerned, even though it's only one out of nine, you can't eat the meat. Well, when he says it's on the ground, and it's more of an abstract question, where did it come from, and not a question of which store did I go to. So in that question, when it's, when it's called the parish, and you can actually eat it. Okay. Amr of Yochanan. Let's say you find it in the hand of a non-Jew. He says, that's like finding a non-Jew has meat. He says, I, I asked my non-Jewish friend or servant to go buy some meat. He doesn't remember where he bought it from. Okay. 
do we say since he doesn't remember where he bought it from it's like I don't remember where I bought it from and it's the principle of kavua kemechsal mechsa because you go by the shops and they're fixed or do you say no he does not have a halachic question I'm the one that has a halachic question so when it's in his hands it's like I found a piece of meat on the ground his doubt doesn't matter to me it's my doubt and my doubt is where did this come from not where did I go presumably he knows you keep kosher he went to the kosher store he forgets where he went he tells you I don't remember where I went oh I was supposed to pay attention which shop I was going to okay so like being strowned in the in, in the town square uh, right, and it's therefore you go you go by this principle of call the parish may rule the parish it's not like you don't remember which store and you have to say 50-50 Rabbi Lezabri Rabbi Chagai have a with Rabbi Manas Rabbi Lezabri Rabbi Chagai was supporting Rabbi Manas they were walking on the way he was going to be elderly he saw a certain non-Jew Mekate means Susaya he cut off meat straight from his horse okay Umafikli Brun he took it outside so now he's got a question when a non-Jew has meat how do we say, well, you know, maybe it came from this store or that store, you go by Rove. Who says that they only get it from stores? Maybe they're cutting up their dead horses in their barns. Yeah. Okay? So, How do you go? Well, what do we say if you find in the street? You go by the majority of stores. But he says, who cares about stores? Maybe they're getting it from dead animals in their barns. So Amalei, Kenam Reb Yosi, Kenam Reb Yosi, Vehein Sheroasun Yotzei Mimikulin Shel Yisrael. Okay, you know what? You're right. If you just saw him stand with meat and you have no idea where it came from, maybe you couldn't go by the majority of stores. We're talking that he came from the square of butchers. He came from the butchers' market. You know he got it from a butcher. You just don't know which butcher. And that's when we say you go by the majority of butchers. One last story. Chabarnash a certain person in Tsiparin, he wanted to buy meat from a shochet. The low yoivle, and the shochet refused to give it to him. They were fighting. He I'm not going to sell you meat. So Amalei Luchad Romai, so the guy wanted to buy, said to his friend, the Roman, go, get, go buy me meat in that store. Uh, the icy lane, he brought him meat. So he said, ah, I tricked him. I got somebody else to buy the meat for more. So Amalei, so he, the purchaser went to the butcher and said, Lo Nazi Salkarche, hey, hey, I tricked you. I managed to buy meat from you against your will. Amalei, so he said back to him, Salab Basu didn't avail a yai this way. I gave him the veil meat. <laughs> so now, so maybe I figured out what you were doing. So now the question is, now, can we, do we have to be concerned that maybe all the meat this guy sells is Nevela? Has he now undermined his trustworthiness because he sells, says he says kosher meat and he sold this non-Jew Nevela meat? So that's the question that ends with Rebbe Yirmiya B'Shem Rebbe Chanina Rebbe The question was brought to Rebbe What do we have to do now? Do we, do we have to concern this guy sells Nevela meat? The Amar Lo kula mine meister makolin Tsiparin. We, we cannot not based on his report are we going to forbid the butchers of Tsiparin? Just because he said that this is what he did maybe it'll hurt his own store but we're not going to start raising questions about everybody else's business the the uh, not clear about his store but everybody else's store we're certainly not going to raise any questions about it. okay to be continued like a moment, so